You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yo. Yo, it's time to talk that sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Tackle this beat, don't ever count us out, cause we always kicking out. We go raw for the people and put the smack down on the street. New desperados in town, we going all elite. Mess around, got a triple double on them. Something like OG slam dunking on them. We got what you want, we got what you need. We bringing the heat. You wanna talk this and that, but we want that Hall of Fame stack. You always see us swinging for the fences. So watch out, ladies and gents, cause we hit the last strategy section. And you know we gonna keep you guessing. Tag teaming on these haters, sending up blessings. We gonna keep praying for you, cause you know that old saying, don't hate the player, hate the game. See, that's the thing that separates us. We're on that road to greatness, and ain't no stopping us. We them go-getters and we gonna go get it Shutting it down like a no-hitter With three balls and two strikes, two away We throwing that splitter, you never seen it coming Something like an arcade, whoa We gonna keep the crowd jumping And if you ain't down with that, we got four words for you Cause it's Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man and joining me as always is Cooper. Cooper, how are you doing tonight, bud? Am I Cooper tonight? Yeah, you need to be Cooper tonight. I'm Cooper tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I am happy to do this. Let's do it, guys. Alright, we are coming at you with some wrestling talk, baby. We have Monday Night Raw to kick off. We'll talk about AEW's Wednesday Night Dynamite and of course... We finish it off with Friday Night Smackdown, but let's get into some Monday Night Raw. Let's do it, brother. Channeling my inner Vince McMahon, they're kind of giving me little chills. (laughs) Anyways, here we go. 
First off, we had Asuka taking on Shayna Baszler. This match had more to do with what was happening actually outside the ring than inside as Lana and Nia Jax went at it ringside. Lana managed to counter Nia Jax that sent Nia through an announce, tab an announce table. Asuka picked up the pin off a distracted Baszler. Your thoughts on Asuka picking up the win over Shayna Baszler? Um, at the beginning of this match, it was a really good match, dude. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of like submission for submission type thing. It was it was really cool to watch. Um, to actually see those two maybe in a, in a legit match one day mm -hmm. would be good, man. Because Baszler versus Asuka, their their techniques are kind of similar. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of cool to watch. But watching what Lana did, dude, that I was like, right, what? Right? Did I just see what I just saw? You so, did. You know, it was it was good. It was a good match. Um. I like the way she picked off the win like that, and of course made Nia Jax and and uh, Baszler mad. So whatever, cool. Yeah. And to piss the bullies off makes me happy. Absolutely, I did forget to mention though that Rod did start off with a tribute to the Hall of Famer and first Intercontinental Champion in WWE history, Pat Patterson, who unfortunately did pass away last week. So this was the first Monday Night Raw since Pat Patterson's passing, which is why they did the honor for him tonight. Or Friday, I mean Monday, uh, Monday night. Monday night, yes. Yeah. Um, it was very honorable, and, uh, you know, as usual, they did the ten bells. Yeah. Um, Pat Patterson, he was, man, he was loved by everybody, so. Yeah. I mean, he, they, they did him well with their, with their farewell, farewell video to him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, all the cool tweets you got to see during... Right. During the Raw segment of it, I was just like, man, it just it, it makes you want to tear up inside because yep. tired of seeing people die, dude. Like, yeah. we've seen too much of that this year. Yeah, this year needs to hurry up and get so, over with so we can move on and hopefully, hopefully, not, not hopefully lose next year will be a little bit better. Yeah, not lose so many um, wonderful people, especially um, someone like Pat Patterson who influenced a lot of the current superstars in their careers. Even yeah. on hands because he did a lot of work at the performance center, so he touched yeah, a lot of these superstars. He's, he's a mentor for sure. Dude. Yeah, so he he was there for a lot of them. So he's uh he's gonna be truly missed by everybody in WWE. All right, so next up, the next match was Ricochet Dana Brooke versus Retribution Slapjack in Reckoning. Ricochet and Dana Brooke have been the targets of Retribution in recent weeks, so they teamed up to take on Slapjack and Reckoning in a mixed tag match. Ricochet came out high-flying, and Dana Brooke used her power to nail a sit-down slam to get the quick pin on Reckoning. Of course, this caught the ire of Mustafa Ali, who berated both of them for losing and failing and slowing down Retribution's um, rise. Your thoughts? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this match because Hulu cuts out certain matches, which, you know, I understand... Cutting it down where everyone can see the basis of the show, but at the same time, don't cut out the matches. Yeah. Cut out the other crap. Sometimes I don't like watching the interviews and the stupid behind the scenes, yeah. scenes backstage, backstage bull crap. Yeah. But I mean, um, unless you have an all-out brawl out of to nowhere, be honest, and no one cares. what they're doing with Retribution, what they're doing with Dana Brooke, and and. Uh, you know, Mandy Rose, I uh, just, I, 
I don't know what they're doing with any of them. Uh, I don't know either. You know, it's kind of like throwing them into a spot and saying... It's almost like they're just trying to throw as many of them into a wall and see what sticks. Pretty much. Basically what it's going on right now. Alright, man, we're going to move on as Kofi Kingston had two matches Monday night. First up, he took on Shelton Benjamin, and then he would take on Cedric Alexander. The continued rivalry of the New Day and the Hurt Business clashed once again as Kofi Kingston took on Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin battered Kofi, but Kofi managed to finish off Benjamin with a trouble in paradise. Alexander then would issue an immediate challenge to Kofi Kingston. Kingston would accept, despite being noticeably hobbled. Alexander would focus on Kingston's knee, and even though Kingston would put up a valiant effort, he would succumb to a lumbar check. Alexander's theatrics after winning again caught the ire of his fellow Hurt Business compadres. Your thoughts? Kick a man while he's already down. Yeah. I mean, there, there's not much more to say to that, dude. I mean, what 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 you so boastful about? Yeah. You know, the man just man just went in there and kicked some ass and won a match, and then you want to take him on too? Right. You just uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it is okay. what it is, man. It's stupid sometimes. Yeah. Alright, next up we had AJ Styles, The Miz, and Morrison taking on Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in a two-on-three handicap match. And what was a master plan to remove Drew McIntyre as champion before the TLC pay-per-view? AJ Styles, The Miz, and Morrison took on the WWE champ and Sheamus in this two-on-three advantage. But it would seem, though, the raw power of the WWE champ and his tag partner still held the advantage, and they would be showing off um, that um, power by punishing the three superstars. However, though, a rogue bro kick would light up Drew McIntyre, which led to AJ Styles hitting Sheamus with a phenomenal forearm and the victory. Your thoughts as this gets ever closer to the pay-per-view? Um, to be honest, I thought the, um, the Miz, the, what is that, the show that he does? Uh, Miz and Mrs.? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, uh, the... The dirt sheet, Ms. Whatever it is, Ms. TV, Ms. TV. That that segment that led up to the match was funny, dude. Yeah, like they went out there and they were bad mouthing Sheamus. Mm-hmm. They were bad mouthing Drew McIntyre, and man, you you know how you know how John Morrison is. He can do a Scottish accent like no other. Right. Well. You know, he was doing the Scottish accent and freaking then, of course, The Miz doing the Irish accent, even though he kind of sounded like an idiot compared to John Morrison. But right. it was kind of funny that uh, Drew McIntyre comes out there and says, uh, I think I know where your balls are. You know, you left him in Maurice's purse after watching your new show. And... Uh, now I know how you got your balls back. You're using John Morrison's or something. And I just started buzzing up, dude. I was, like, I was like, dude, that was, a, that was a good one. And then just, it, it was awesome to see see him go in there, them go in there and do this match. And I was just like, dude, oh, man, it was funny, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. Good times. It, it's, it's, it's. It makes for a good match when you got a good, you know, a good storyline with it. And right now, with what they're doing, yes, it may be irritating because it's kind of like a four-corner type thing. Like, so many people are going after the title. 
Plus, you got the Miz involved because he's the money in the bank holder. But mm-hmm. it's cool to see sometimes when they can pull something off that's pretty pretty hilarious. And that was yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah. All right. Next up, we had Bobby Lashley taking on Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy ran into the buzzsaw that is the almighty Bobby Lashley. Jeff Hardy showed grit, staving off the power of Lashley early on, but it didn't take long for Lashley's power to intervene in the match. Lashley would hit Hardy with a spear that nearly knocked Hardy out of his own boots. Lashley put the hurt lock on Hardy, which Hardy had to submit to. However, Lashley wouldn't relinquish the hold until Riddle came out and got involved. Your thoughts? Yeah, man. Like I said, I didn't, get, I didn't get to watch this one because of the way Hulu set up. But mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, it is what it is with this match, dude. Uh, Jeff Hardy's going in there against Bobby Lashley. That's as much as I love Jeff Hardy. He has the biggest heart I've ever seen. He can go to toe to toe with any giant out there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes. The bigger guy is the guy that's just going to win the match just because he's bigger. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you can't. If every you can't dog has his day type thing. Yeah. So. Um, I find it interesting, though, that they're having. Um, it looks like they're pushing for a uh, Riddle versus Lashley matches. Two former cage fighters going up against each other here. It seems to be happening pretty soon. Not the uh, exactly the cage fighter Lashley was hoping for, but still makes for a possible good match coming up soon. That it definitely does, dude. I like this this uh, take on it, and uh, maybe Riddle will maybe be able to take the uh, title from Lashley. Yeah. Who knows? All right, man. And finally, the main event featured Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Orton is probably the only superstar crazy enough to knock on the door to the fire. Firefly Funhouse, Wyatt would answer it with a clash between the two happening at the, at the main event. Wyatt would actually get the early advantage as he put Orton through in the announce table. However, Orton seemed to be on the verge of victory when he hit Wyatt with an RKO and about to pin his opponent. The lights at the WWE Thunderdome would go black, and then the eerie red light would appear to show the Fiend had risen from the abyss. The Fiend would then attack Orton with the mandible claw, leading to the no contest. Cooper, your thoughts? As Monday Night Raw closed with the mandible claw. Yeah, man, that that was that was quite crazy to watch. Uh, I just I love Randy Orton when he's this sadistic guy. Yeah. So the fact that they're bringing it out and and kind of even teasing Bray Wyatt a little bit and making him kind of second guess himself. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's kind of cool to watch the storyline with this right now. Too bad that neither of them have a title because it would make the storyline that much better. But, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, I mean, we're basically watching a rehash of what happened between them on SmackDown a while back. Right, there you go. But, I mean, it still makes for good television um, because I like how more psychological Bright Wyatt's become with The Fiend. Yeah. And then, of course... Um, Orton, as we know, um, ever since he's left Evolution, has been on his own weird, yeah, psychotic (laughs) episode. Whatever path he feels like taking, he'll take it. Yeah, so it it makes it makes an interesting battle of uh, psychology. But I think too, they're giving. I think they're giving Bray Wyatt a little bit more. uh, 
a little bit more leeway with his character and letting him do more stuff because in the Firefly Funhouse, uh, they're dropping F-bombs, dude. Yeah. And they're doing, like, TV-14 stuff, which, which you know what? Cool. All right. Why not, bro? You know, yeah, like I said in an earlier podcast, I wouldn't want my kid to walk, walk in on me watching that, but then you made the point, too, that, dude, you watched the Attitude Era. Yeah. And you were, like, your daughter's age of, like, so yeah dude I mean I like what they're doing with this character I just wish they would have done it sooner yeah if they wanted to make him out to be the next Undertaker they should have done it sooner yeah but they didn't and that's where I feel the Fiend is technically a failure in the long run because he's not actually as dominant as he should be yeah or or as mysterious mysterious and mystique as the undertaker when they tried to pull that off and i'm sorry but it kind of reminds me of like a creepy peewee herman type thing but i mean right the way they're going about it now he has a little bit more creative control over it it seems like Mm -hmm. and adding alexa bliss into the mix it's it's changed his character up and this rivalry randy orton is really you know, revamp what's he, what he's got going on. So Absolutely. I think once we're able to actually get fans back in the mix, mm-hmm. things will change a lot for WWE and wrestling as, as a whole because I think that's the number one one thing we're all missing right now. Yeah. It's just the, the fan experience of it all. All right. All right, man. So let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about some AEW. Some Wednesday. AEW. Let's do Wednesday it. Wednesday Night Dynamite. Yes. All right. TNT, baby. The show kicked off with the Young Bucks taking on the Hybrid 2. The Hybrid 2 would actually attack the Young Bucks before the bell even rang. However, the Bucks would, the Young Bucks rallied back quickly, and all competitors got back to the ring for the official start of the match. In, the tr- in true Young Buck fashion, they took to the skies and took out the Hybrid 2. It would be a back-and-forth match with quite a few near pinfalls. However, the Young Bucks would finish off Angelico with a stereo super kicks, uh, with the stereo super kicks and the BTE trigger for the victory. Your thoughts? Oh man, their finisher is just something else, dude. Yeah. And the Young Bucks, well, it don't matter who they get in the ring with, dude. If they're getting in the ring, it's gonna be an entertaining match. Yeah. I mean, I don't care, dude. I love to watch. AEW tag team wrestling because it is where it's at, man. I'm right. telling you, man. Uh, it reminds me of like the old days when you know you you see more of a focus with the tag team division, mm-hmm. and I think AEW is taking that to a whole new level, mm-hmm. and it, it gives you kind of like that independent scene feel to it. Right. All right. Next up, we had another tag match as FTR took on Varsity Blondes. The Varsity Blondes were in this match and had a few opportunities to put away FTR, but they just could not finish off Cash and Dax. The FTR showed their abilities as a team were far superior to the Varsity Blondes. Yeah, man, uh, the Varsity Blondes, uh, it's got Brian Pillman Jr. and... Oh, I don't know who the other guy was, but I know Brian Pillman Jr. because Brian Pillman Jr., we all know who Brian Pillman was. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool to see his son wrestling. And right. and uh, I think he's got some talent. So does his tag team partner. And, you know, it, it was cool to see something like that happen where 
you know, I love watching, like, younger generations get a chance to come in and improve what they got. Like, we see it with Randy Orton, dude. Yeah. He's a third-generation superstar. I mean, yep. it's... I mean, you've seen, you've seen it with The Rock. You've seen it with Roman Reigns. You've seen it, you know what I mean? Even, I will even throw in Jey Uso. Yeah. Say what you want about Jey Uso. He's a good tag team wrestler. But he's been putting out... He's been putting out some good matches lately as far as being like a uh, a singles competitor. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised with it. So Yeah, we could also talk about Bray Wyatt. He's also Yeah, Bray Wyatt. Generation. I think is he a second or a third generation? Um I can't remember the uh Mr. IRS was he I think they he had a grandfather, or he had a dad or something that was IRS had a dad that was a wrestler too, I believe, but yeah. don't quote me on that. Yeah. I you know, I know that IRS was his dad, so. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we, we're we going to be talking about one half of the Rhodes Brothers, too, and the Rhodes Brothers, obviously. Oh, as well uh, yeah, man. Dusty. I mean, there's just so many tangents we can go off of, and that's what people don't realize about wrestling is yeah. wrestling is like one big family, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in, you're in, you know, and, and not only that, but it really is in your blood. Right. I mean, so... Yeah. All right, man. So, speaking of the Rhodes, we've got Dustin Rhodes taking on the Dark Orders 10. Oh, man. The Dark Orders 10 was bringing the fight to Dustin the whole match. However, every time it seemed like he had the complete advantage, Rhodes was ready and came storming back each time. Dustin would uh, bite into... This says bit, but bite into 10's mask and then nail him with a running bulldog for the victory. Evil Uno of the Dark Order came out trying to recruit Dustin to the Dark Order as seven. Dustin hesitated, then raised his hand to then proceed and slap Evil Uno to the ground. Evil Uno told the Dark Order to back down and claimed Dustin will soon see the light and come begging to be part of the Dark Order. As he was claiming that Dustin is now the third ro- third Rhodes and relative of the company when it comes to relativity of the company. Yeah, brother, um, I say right here with this match, first off, you know, uh, experience won the match. Yeah. And second off, it's not a bad idea for the Dark Order to try and recruit him because of who he is and because of how crazy he's been in the past, Mm -hmm. but I, I really don't see him. Dustin Rhodes is not in for doing... He's done. He's tired of the gold dust persona. He's tired of the weird factor of it, and I think he's just there to to kind of, you know, finish off his career as Dustin the Natural. You know what I mean? Right. And, and uh, you know, at least lay some some legacy to his family name too. Well, and I, and, I, and then of course then you have him being it's, it's dark work. So I mean, if he's seven, I mean, what's he gonna be? You definitely don't want to be in a time of sensitivity. You don't want to call yourself black dust. Yeah. And then come out in blackface. That's going to cause a whole nother problem. So you definitely don't want to do that. So are you going to be dark dust? And yeah. still, but if you come out in, in a kind of a blackface persona, unless you're going to be gold dust, technically, I mean, I, I wouldn't push that. On that was like when, when uh, he, did, he did switch from WWF to... Mm-hmm. WCW, they gave him some weird freaking like weird persona, and he just went off on a tangent 
And I think he got fired after that, but he went off on a tangent because he was wanting to go to WCW to prove who he was. Right. Not just, oh, I'm gold dust. Oh, you know, put me in as, as this, you know, odd character. I guess they brought him down to the ring from the Raptors, kind of like a, a Undertaker thing. And I think they, I think his name was Seven. So maybe that's where they're getting it from. Maybe. But, uh... I just don't think I don't see it. Uh, he didn't like the character from the get go, so maybe that's why he hit the dude. Maybe. Um, he slapped him down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Helmo. So uh, yeah, that's kind of odd because I, I I remember that now. I'm like, dang, dude. So yeah, yeah. It's I think with him with Dustin Rose, it's like we said, you know, third generation superstar type thing. Well, he's a second generation superstar, but. Uh, I think he's there in AEW to kind of finish off his career on a good note. Right. So, there we go. Yep. All right. So, next up, we had Eddie Kingston, the Butcher of the Blade, taking on Lance Archer and the Lucha Bros. El Zero Media, though, was unfortunately attacked prior to the start of the match and put Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix at a disadvantage of a three-on-two match. Archer and Phoenix put up a valiant effort, but for not, as the... uh, Numbers game did catch up to the two superstars. Archer nearly had the last lap, though, as he went for a blackout on the blade, but the Butcher was able to pull him down, and they headed up back, headed back up the ramp. Your thoughts? Mm, this sounds kind of like one of the mishaps type thing. Yeah. Really, honestly, that's what it seems like. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do kind of think... Lance Archer has a cool nickname, the Murder Hawk. <laughs> yeah, I like Ray Phoenix, and you know, I think Ray Phoenix is a good talent. Um, yeah, I just think they kind of ever since what went on with his brother, it's kind of he's kind of thrown in, not knowing what to do type thing. So they're throwing him into a match with you know, El whatever's the El Zero El Zero Media, Media and whatever, yeah. All right, next up we had Abaddon uh, taking on Tesha Price. I think it's Abaddon. Is that Yeah, him? it's Abaddon. Abaddon. Abaddon would make short work of Tesha, though, with a huge clothesline. Tesha did manage to slap Abaddon, but that would just infuriate Abaddon as she bludgeoned Tesha into the ring post and then hit her with a leg drop. And then she would get the pin and then proceed to attack Tesha. AEW Women's Champ Hikiro Shida would come out and hit Abaddon with a kendo stick. Uh, she would then try to help Tesha up the ramp, but both would look back at what appeared to be an unfazed Abaddon staring back at them from the ring. Hmm. I'm not quite sure what to say about this one, brother. Uh, we've had a busy week. I didn't really watch AEW, and I don't really know who Abaddon is. So, um, I think I think kind of what she is, if I remember correctly, I might have caught a glimpse of her. I think she's kind of like a dark, she's kind of got like a, like a female Undertaker or Kane thing going about her, so, mm. that type thing, so, yeah. yeah. Or like a Bray Wyatt, whatever, I mean. Yeah, something, mm. something on that. Something on that, that trail of, trail of yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, but, you know, like, like I'm going to tell the, tell the fans right here, right now. We've had a busy past couple weeks. Things have been going on, but I'm getting back on this. I'm going to start watching my wrestling, get things going, because I know I've said for a couple weeks, oh, I'm getting back to it, I promise. But you know what? 
We see the followers. We love you guys. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Following us, you know, on social media, on on our podcast. We're getting downloads. I love this so much. So, you know what? I'm putting in the extra effort, and I'm doing it for you guys because I love y'all. Yep. So. All right. You ready for the main event now? Let's do it, brother. All right. AEW's main event featured MJF versus Orange Cassidy for the Dynamite Diamond Finale. Winner getting the Dynamite Diamond Ring. In a main event match that was completely back and forth in typical AEW fashion, as their main events typically are. Usually it's a tag team match, though, that ends yeah. it. That's why it's really back and forth. <laughs> Orange Cassidy and MJF would bring their A-games to this match, getting near pinfalls multiple times on each other. As the match wound down, though, Miro would come down and punch Orange Cassidy while he, while the ref had his back turned. MGF then would drape his arm over Cassidy and get the three count. And, of course, by MGF standards, he won fair and square. Uh, of course that's his, his standards. I mean, it's MGF. Come on. Yeah. The yeah. salt of the earth. Like, <laughs> seriously. So now he's going to carry that ring around. My precious for one more year. Yeah. He, I wonder if they're going to give him a he new won, one. He won the first inaugural, so... Yeah. Now I wonder if he well, gets a second one then. We'll, we'll He'll see. have two. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to start making it look like Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm joining AEW. I'm taking him out myself. <laughs> Bad knees and all. I'm doing it. Here we go. Let's go, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably getting my ass kicked in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Down goes big man. One, two, three. Fuck. <laughs> All right, man, let's shift gears and head back to WWE and talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Let's do this, dude. All right, <clears throat> to open the night off, we had Sasha Banks challenging Carmella to a title match on the SmackDown's main event. Instead of facing Sasha Banks in the ring for the contract signing at TLC, Carmella had brought, had the contract brought to her, then some, sent out a sommelier with the signed copy. Tired of the antics by Carmella, Bank issued a challenge that they face off in the main event for the title. Carmella agreed, and Banks would demonstrate her frustration by taking out Carmella Saint-Mollier with a backstabber. Hmm. First match of the night featured Dolph Ziggler and Montez Ford. Rude and Ziggler, coming off a non-title victory over the Street Profits, looked to keep that momentum going with Ziggler taking on Ford. Despite uh, some mid-match antics by the Street Profits, making it rain red solo cups. Weird. Rude would take out Angelo Dawkins ringside. This distraction led Ziegler to nail Ford with a super kick and pick up the victory for himself. Keep your thoughts. They're keeping it going. They're keeping it going. Uh, it, it's kind of good to see, you know, Rude and Ziegler actually getting a little bit of a push somewhere. Yeah. Because they are great talent. I mean, mm-hmm. I know they're very irritating and arrogant, mm-hmm. but they back it up in the ring. Yes, they so, do. I mean, it's cool to see him get a push uh, somewhere slot on the card. Um, but in the end, I don't think they'll end up beating them for the for the title. Yeah, so. I, I just wish Rude would do something about his porn stash. <laughs> That's yeah. just creepy. Then there's that. We got the 70s porn stash. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, <laughs> moving on, we have Sami Zayn taking on Big E in a non-title battle. Zane, irate over not having a t-shirt to mark out for his quote-unquote fans, took on Big E in what would seem an unfair match for the Intercontinental Champion. As the match wore on, frustration overcame Zane, and he would slap Big E in the face, which incited a chase. 
The chase led both under the ring. As the ref drew close to a 10 count, Zayn emerged, narrowly escaping the grasp of Big E and entering the ring just before the count of 10. So Zayn wins via count out. Zayn wins in Zayn fashion. That's exactly how that goes down. Exactly. Um, Sami Zayn, like we've said for weeks, don't know what they're doing with him, don't care for it. Um, the only way he can win is by some sort of distraction, some sort of something going on. I mean, trying to get Sami Zayn to have a full-on match where he's actually wrestling somebody, good luck. Yeah. So, that does not surprise me. Which led to the antics of Survivor Series by the Hurt Business, making sure he couldn't escape anywhere. From Bobby Lashley, because we knew if he had to face Bobby Lashley truly, he was going to get his butt kicked. Exactly. Which happened. Yep. So, unfortunately for Big E, being separated from the New Day has been a problem for him not being able to keep this, uh, you know, a little bit closer. Somebody just needs to just... I don't don't get it. Like, the Intercontinental title is one of the most prestigious titles in the WWE, in all of wrestling, and... If you're gonna have it on a guy, don't don't have him doing stuff like this. I, to me, it's just a, it's, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. It's not. All right. Next up, we have uh, <clears throat> Kevin Owens uh, calling out Roman Reigns. Uh, Ko went to the ring, aided by his quote-unquote friends, tables, ladders, and chairs, claiming that he did not fear Roman Reigns and had every intention of taking the Universal Title off the big dog. Jay Uso would attack KO from behind with a chair and seem to injure the knee of Kevin Owens. Owens, though, would rally and powerbomb Jay Uso through a table and begin to beat him with a chair. Roman Reigns emerged from backstage, however, would not engage KO on his terms. Owens would chase after Reigns backstage, but would be blindsided by the big dog. Your hmm. thoughts? Is this interesting storyline as well, we get closer to... It's definitely interesting because, uh, you know, I think KO, he's... Man, you throw you throw any kind of, you know, hardcore or anything, that type of match in this man's sight, mm-hmm. he does something crazy with it. I mean, we've seen what happened on WrestleMania when he jumped off the WrestleMania sign, dude. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't think he's going to win at TLC, but I think it'll be a very, very good match. It'll it'll actually come down to the wire for sure. Yeah, the only way I see him actually winning is if Jay actually uh, undermines Roman. It's quite possible, but um, I think with the momentum that they have going with the storyline between the two, yeah. it's probably going to push all the way out to WrestleMania. But you never know. You but we'll see. He's good at throwing a curveball in everyone. Yeah, right. right. That so. is true, man. And that could be one of those curveballs where you're like, what the what? hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Not at all what we would think. Yep. All right, next up, we had the Riot Squad taking on Natalia and Billy Kay. After seeing Billy Kay's headshot and resume last week on Talking Smack, uh, the the Riot Squad issued a challenge to a challenge for a match for Kay to show off her quote unquote skills. Uh, Kay would choose Natalia, but the boat, as she was calling herself, I'm guessing that's best of all time. Yeah, the boat instead of greatest all all time <laughs> would be taken out early, leaving Kay at a two on one disadvantage that ultimately cost her the match. Your thoughts on the Riot Squad taking out Billy Kay? Yeah, Billy Kay is. Billy Kay. 
Okay. She's a pretty the much Marty Janetti of the Iconics. <laughs> Basically. That's what I will say about her. Um, I mean, she's she's entertaining, maybe a little bit. Uh, she's quite but, annoying. Yeah, I think that's what everybody most sees about her. Um, so, yeah, I mean, don't really know what to say about her. I'm just kind of like, can we just please get somebody else? Basically, unless we start seeing a she's like the, her, She's the Lana her. of SmackDown. Wow. That's... that's I'm uh, serious, dude. Have you seen the way she wrestles? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I know, it's, I know. it's not very pretty at all. I know. It's like, wait a minute, y'all were tag team champions? I know. Like, you don't That wasn't look, even fair. It was a triple threat match, like, though. It's like, you don't even look like you can wrestle, dude. I'm like... It was a triple threat match, and Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and uh, Banks, and Bailey were more worried about each other than those two. And that's what cost them both teams the title against the Iconics. So, that's basically how they won. Well, yeah, but I mean... Didn't they keep it for a while, too, after that? Yeah, they wrongfully kept it for a while after that. But, yeah, I mean, it's like... It just goes to show that sometimes one member of a tag team carries the other, and that's just... And Peyton Royce carried the Iconics. Yes. All right, we're going to move on from that one. <laughs> Sorry, bro. It's okay. <laughs> All right, well, next up we had Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro taking on the team of Otis and Chad Gable. Nakamura and Cesaro were poking fun at Chad Gable, but Otis came to, to his aid that prompted the tag match. It appeared that Otis and Gable were about to upset the former tag champs when Otis was about to hit Cesaro with a caterpillar. However, uh, however Gable wanted to be tagged into the match. Otis, I put Oats in, <laughs> instead of Otis, my bad. Otis obliged and Gable went to the top rope. Cesaro, though, was able to regroup and caught, I was supposed to be caught, Gable, in a Cesaro swing and then Nakamura finished him off for the Kinshasa in the pan. Yeah, I think what this is is just, I mean, Gable and, and Otis, they are very talented. In my eyes, they're talented because from what we hear about Otis, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. But uh, um, I think that, you know, uh, what is it? What, what this is is pretty much, you know, Nakamura and Cesaro have been a tag team for a while. Yeah. Uh, they slipped and... That's all it takes. Yeah. Sometimes one little slip and you lose the match. So I mean, that's that's yeah. what it is. And they're obviously realizing that Gable and Otis work better in a tag atmosphere than a singles atmosphere, uh, which is why uh, I think they threw them together. Gathering, yeah. Which is why I think that's why they threw them together. Which I I don't get the whole Nakamura and Cesaro thing. I think Cesaro is so much better of a wrestler by himself. It is, but they do this all the Not time with foreigners. They always have a foreign tag Wait, team. Yeah, what is that about? I don't know. It's like... Mm. I don't know. It's, it's stupid because Cesaro should be in the I, main event all I'm the time. I'm going to just put this Big out there. Matches. And this may either get us some followers or lose us some followers. Hopefully gain. Thank you. But I don't like the way they play this foreigners thing. I don't like it. the way they put two black guys together. Like the whole, you know, you go from crime time to the new day to 
Danelle, Montez Ford, and and all that. It's like, and, and way back in the day, it was Booker T and Stevie Ray. Yeah. I mean, they, they were actually, like, related or whatever, but to the truth be told of it, it's like, it's kind of like a, it's a, to me, I think it's racist. Yeah, well, you're, and then you got pure white teams, too. Yeah, so you got but I mean, to me, I think it's racist that they... Or a foreigner, you know. They, yeah. they do this, and I think it's prejudice that they do the uh, the foreigners thing, because, honestly, them two guys by themselves mm-hmm. are much better than they are together. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not good together, I'm just saying they're better apart. Yeah. So, yeah. Cesaro deserves way more than what he's getting. Dude, I, I mean, seriously, he is the Swiss... Superman. I expected to see him at least main event status already by now. Well, he has been, but then they keep just backing him off of it all the yeah. time. Yeah, it's kind of like what they did with Kofi Kingston that one time, mm-hmm. giving him that one run, and then yeah. it never amounted to anything. And come to find out he's the first black WWE champion. Yeah, right. It's like, dude, wow. That's... It's total mind blow, right? Yeah. And so, there you go. All right, that's totally very far behind the times. Yeah. Anyways, let's get move on before. Yes, let's do this. Before Sorry we lose about all my tangent, fan, people. Before we lose all of our fan base. I'm just saying, <laughs> I love all of y'all. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. It's nothing like, oh, well, you know, no. I just think that sometimes in wrestling business, that there are certain people that are more old school than than others and I think some in the WWE are more old school and basically mix up your tag teams yeah, stop being stop the making you look a, like you have a racial divide you have a Vince McMahon way of doing things and then you have a Hope, Triple H way of doing things hopefully and, Triple H will start putting a stop to that here soon yes so yeah. anyways let's move on let's do it okay so we're almost done Finally, the main event. We have Carmella taking on Sasha Banks. Finally looking to get her hands on the untouchable Carmella, Banks came out with a fury. And when it looked like things were going her way, Carmella's sommelier intervened, which caused Banks to attack the sommelier. This led to Banks getting DQ'd, but remained champion. Banks locked in the sommelier, locked the sommelier, sommelier bleh, 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 damn French words, in the Banks statement, only to be attacked <laughs> by Carmella. I'm sorry to my French listeners. I don't mean it that way. I forgot I do have French listeners. My bad. <laughs> I just, I don't know French very well. And Somalia keeps ruining me. All right, tripping me up. Anyways, she locked in the bank statement on the Somalia only to be attacked by Carmella. Carmella would hit Banks with a champagne bottle in the back. Uh, she would then take another bottle, drink a swig off of it before pouring it on Banks. Needless to say, this rivalry... It's just getting started. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I don't know, dude. I am so tired of seeing Carmella is the the heel. Like I thought she was cool when she was finally starting to be chill or whatever. But chill. <laughs> she's she's not chill now. Yeah, well, she, she hasn't been chill for a long time. But I actually kind of liked it when. When she was the Staten Island princess. Princess. Yeah, but see, the problem is the people from New York kind of got that attitude, you know, that makes them kind of like bad guys. I mean, yo. Yeah. I mean, looking, you know. 
Yeah, that's true. How it I goes. Kind of like Bully Ray, you know, mm. yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah I understand. That New York, that New that York New thing, thing just kind of yeah. kind of brings the it out of you, and you're kind of mm. just like, you got you to gotta be a You got to be a gangster. You, you got to be, be a wise guy. You know, it's kind of how it goes, you know. You got, you know, you had a... You gotta have that mafia. You gotta have that mafia mania, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, you had so. big Cass and uh, Enzo, and you know this, all the certified G's and bona fide studs. Yep, yep. So they were great. They were great. I really missed those two. I did too. I really thought both of them were gonna show up at AEW, but then neither of them have. That's kind of surprising. Well, you know, I mean. You never know. You never know what the rest of them are. Well, I'm sorry, but we all said we never see Hulk Hogan back in in a WWE ring, and you know, yeah, he's been back several times. Yeah. So, and, and then of course we were led to believe Sting's career was done, and apparently that's not true either. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. You never know, man. You and so now, know. so now I'm saying I don't care what the Undertaker said. You never said. know. On the he might be. Yeah. He might come back at WrestleMania next year. Or we don't who know. knows? Maybe he retired from WWE. Guess where he's gonna go next? Oh, he has a lifetime co- legends contract. Unless oh, WWE tears that up. Is that what angle. that is? A lifetime legends contract? Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. I ain't giving that so, up. So there's no AEW chance for. Not unless, for some reason, they do start doing cross-promotions, too. Which Triple H said he's not against as long as it benefits WWE as much as it benefits the other promotion. You mean as long as it benefits the WWE? Benefits WWE more than it does the other promotion? (laughs) Basically, yeah. Just kidding. That'd be kind of like, you know, Apple and Microsoft deciding (laughs) to make a... A phone together or something. We're but, making a baby together. <laughs> you know, like maybe like you know, Microsoft's like, hey, here's some, uh, here, here, let's let's share Xbox, but you know, it's gonna benefit more of us. Than yeah, them, but, you know, we'll do a cross-platform video game, but we'll charge more for our video game than your right. platform. <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever it ends up being the case. All right, man. So next Sunday. I'm going to skip back. I know we usually give an announcement about tomorrow's episode, but next Sunday is TLC pay-per-view. So next Saturday night, we will give you a recap of Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown, as we prepare, of course, for TLC. Yes, Tables, baby. ladders, chairs. Oh, my. Yes, baby. And you know what I think? Hmm. You know what I think? This one has to be a YouTube moment, dude. We have to go back to YouTube for this. Okay. We have to show this one on YouTube because we're going to do a slideshow. Yes, of course. Slideshow. And, of course, we will also give you how awesome it was Thursday night when we meet Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, baby. The charismatic enigma. Can't wait to meet him. It's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait, brother. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much. This is like the best freaking Christmas present ever. Second best. Except for last year. Second best Christmas present. Yes. Though you didn't get to enjoy that present. No, I was kind of sad. Yeah. So. So, but I come through in the clutch once again. Kobe fades back. Shoot. And that's the ball game. Yeah, yeah. And switch. That's the ball game. Uh, 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 uh. Anyways, we're going off on weird little weird tangents again. But we make it fun. 
We thank you all so much for tuning in. Everyone across the world, United States, California, Florida, Virginia. I don't know how we're popular in the D.C. area, but we are. Uh, what's up, D.C.? We love you. We got you. the D.C. We Shout got the out, San Francisco baby. area, baby, Florida. What's up? Oregon, back home, duckies, quack, yes, quack. Yes, yes. Um, we appreciate every single one of you. Of course, we love you all in France, Germany, Brussels. Brussels, I can't believe we're popular in Belgium. That's just, wow. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love India, all of thank you. you, of course. Um, Australia, everybody who I forgot to mention, don't worry, uh, India, uh, everybody else, of course, we'll do more shout-outs as we go along. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Reach out to us on TikTok. We'd love to make you part of the show in any way we possibly can. Um, we have a phone number, which is on our website. You can find our website. Anyway, just freaking contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Very much so. Woo! I said a lot. Oh, big man. He's excited, peoples. We love you. It's a long day today, but we got through it, and we are ready for next week. Tomorrow night, tune in. As we do some more off-season basketball, and the preseason has just begun. Yes, I cannot wait. Some NBA, baby! That's right. We had a few breaking news in recent weeks, so we got to get you caught up on what's going on in the NBA. So, Sunday night is basketball night. Ball night! All right, man. We're good. We did it, bro. You ready to go? Absolutely. And don't forget, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.